in this business, you, you got to. You got to step outside your comfort zone. You got to take risks. Like if you don't take risks, then nothing's gained. So I would just say, you know, don't be afraid. Just jump out there and do it. It's better to, to get it done than for it to be perfect. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times, giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fun That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. And well, we don't get any fluffy stuff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, Brandy Johnson. How you doing, Brandy? Hey, I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're on the show, my friend. And a little bit about Brandy, and then she'll get into it in more detail. She just began investing into the real estate game in August of 2016, and she already has three properties available as of now. Within 30 days, has two signed contracts. She's based in Thomasville, North Carolina, and she is focused on wholesaling. So we're going to be talking about wholesaling and really what it's been like to get started as a beginner and lessons learned along the way. So with that being said, Brandy, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? I actually have about eight or nine properties now. So <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. I move pretty fast. <laughs> wait, wait. I, now I think you have 10. Wait, no, now 11. <laughs> Yeah, I got started in August. I actually went to one of those free workshops and I left the workshop really pumped up, but I couldn't afford to pay for the classes that they were offering. So I just started researching and studying up on it. And on August 19th, I said, you know, this is the path that I want to take. I have a, a lot of goals that I want to accomplish in my community. And I know that real estate is the way to get there. So I just gave it my all. I actually worked full-time. I was working full-time for a shipping company. I was an executive account manager, which is really intensive and time-consuming. But I would get up early in the morning, put my daughter on the bus, get to studying. I would study on my breaks. I would study on my lunch. When I got home, I would stay up till like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning studying, get up at 5 o'clock and do it all over again. So I was just really committed to getting it done. And 
once I got tired of studying and I was just like, oh my God, I have all this information. What do I do with it? I was actually talking to a coach in Dallas, Texas, and we were talking for about 30 minutes. And after I finished telling him everything that I was doing, he was like, well, I don't really understand why you need me. <laughs> it's not like you have everything that you need. You just need to take action. Mm-hmm. So I went out there and I took action. I had two properties under contract in less than 30 days. I got one and then it was like maybe three days later, I had another one. Both of those contracts fell through. I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of stuff wrong, but it showed me what to do different for the next one. I just got a property contract last week that I accepted an offer on today from a buyer. We're going to close on that one next week. So now that I got my momentum going, it's just, I can't stop. (laughs) You've given me a lot to work with. So thank you for that. You mentioned you had a full-time job. Do you currently have a full-time job at the shipping company? I do not. I was actually fired yesterday. You were fired yesterday? It was the best thing that happened to me. (laughs) Because I had three offers accepted. I've got two closings tomorrow, and i got one on Thursday, and then one next week. Did you expect to be fired yesterday? I did not. I was planning on leaving anyway, and they just kind of helped me along. If it had been July, then I might have been really sad and depressed. But now I'm like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So the universe has said it's time for you to focus on real estate. That's for sure. And you got two properties under contract within 30 days. They both fell through. You learned from it. Why did they fall through and what are you going to do differently? One of them fell through because the seller was really shady. He didn't want to give my lawyer his social security number, come to find out the properties were in his wife's name. And he had some liens against him where he couldn't even get power to the house. It was just a lot of stuff that he had going on that I should have been more in tune with when I went and met with them and spoke to them at the house. And when I got it under contract, it was just a lot of red flags that if I maybe had a little bit more experience that I would have been tuned into and wouldn't even wasted my time with it. And that was for one of them, right? Yes. And then for the other one, the other one, I probably could have got that one through, but I think that I really didn't do my homework good enough on that. I didn't run my numbers well enough. I didn't do a thorough check of the area. So I think that's what hurt me on that one. If I had a little bit more time, then I probably could have got it done. But the seller was really anxious. He had already started spending the money. So he was kind of pressuring us. He was harassing my assistant. So I went ahead and canceled that contract too, just to avoid the drama of it. Hmm. Because the drama would have been you would have had to go back and renegotiate a lower purchase price? Yeah, I would have needed to renegotiate a lower purchase price and I would have needed to extend the contract date and he wasn't having it, period. Okay. And he still got it for sale right now. So, <laughs> What did you have it under contract for and what does he have it for and what would you need to buy it for? I had it under contract for Mm $31,000. He has it for sale right now for $48,000, I believe. Uh But he's done a lot more work on it since then. So I guess that's why he bumped up the price. Then when I approached him, he had it out there for, uh, I want to say $40,000 maybe. Okay. You had it under contract for $31,000. 
at the time, how much would you have had to renegotiate down to in order for it to make sense? I would say probably about 25. Okay. You have an assistant. I picked up on that whenever you said he was talking to your assistant. How did you find your assistant and how are you compensating your assistant? I actually found her on Craigslist. She's a paralegal. She worked with a realtor agent agency and we had initially talked about her getting paid on commission. I don't have her anymore. I don't went through probably about four or five virtual assistants since then. I moved really fast and I need someone that can be on my level and that can respond quickly and get stuff done quickly. And it's just, she had a lot of stuff going on. She initially said that she wanted to help me grow my business. But then, you know, after I started getting deals, it was like, I would hit her up. I wouldn't hear back from her till a couple of days. Her and the lawyer were doing some funny stuff with my earnest money deposit when it came to refunding me. They made up their mind what she should get paid from the deals and cut her checks before they even sent me my money back. <laughs> so I, I didn't really like that. It seemed like maybe her and the lawyer had some side things going on because they had worked together before. It was her recommendation. The lawyer seemed really confused by my contract. So it was just a lot of stuff going on that I, I chose not to work with her anymore. So right now you don't have an assistant. You're trying to find one that will be with you on your deals, right? Yes, exactly. I got a couple of referrals. I just haven't had time to reach out to the people and actually get on the phone with them and, and see how they move. You are going blazingly fast, not only through deals, but through assistance. <laughs> yes. I had an assistant that I found on Upwork from the Philippines and she would tell me she was doing stuff and then I called the numbers and I'm like, okay, that number's not disconnected. I talked to the seller. So why are you saying the number's disconnected? And then every person she called was either disconnected or she left a voicemail. And I'm like, I went through this list in 15 minutes and I talked to about six people. So how you ain't talked to none? (laughs) (laughs) So it was just some stuff going on there and I haven't heard back from her two weeks ago and I haven't heard from her since. I think she's speaking loud and clear to you without saying anything. Let's talk about you have nine deals under contract right now. Yes, I have. Oh, man, it might be more than that. I have properties in Thomasville, Winston-Salem, but I just accepted an offer on that one. Just got some land in Greensboro. I had one outside of Charlotte, but I just accepted an offer on that one. I got one in Kansas City right now that I'm trying to move. A partner of mine has another one in Kansas City that he is trying to get under contract as we speak. I have one outside of Atlanta. Then I have another one that a partner of mine is working on in Atlanta right now that she just sent me the details on. So I'm going to start marketing that one when I get off the phone with you. Hmm. So you mentioned partners. How are you coming across these partners? Just networking and putting myself out there, social media. Some people like the land in Greensboro. I met with a buyer and we just talking and he tells me, oh, you know, I got this land in Greensboro I'm trying to sell. And I have people that I know would be interested in that deal. So I'm like, let's work together. (laughs) How do you do your fee on those types of deals? Oh, I do joint venture and we just split the profit down the middle. Just 50-50. Okay, makes sense. I'm a fan of some money is better than no money. Out of the deals that you have, how have you found the majority of them? 
I actually do a lot of different stuff. I, I market online. I do SEO campaigns. I use bandit signs. I drive for dollars. I network a lot. I use social media a lot. So that's how I'm getting the majority of the leads that I come across and the deals that I get contracted is just by marketing, marketing, and marketing some more. Which one of those things, SEO campaigns, bandit signs, driving for dollars, if you know, perhaps you don't know, you're not tracking it at this stage, but if you do know, which one of those has generated the most properties under contract for you? I would say networking. networking. Just talking to people and putting myself out there has brought a lot of stuff my way. Just representing myself as me, Brandy, just the honest person that I am. You know, I just have a lot of people reaching out to me and wanting to connect and working to work together. And What's been the number one source that you've met people that have led to deals? Probably Facebook. Facebook. How do you approach that? I just be me. I make posts and people message me. I, I'm in a lot of groups and I comment. You know, I try to help people when I ask questions that I know I can answer. And I just talk to people. That's really it. I just talk to people. I ain't scared. I talk to everybody. <laughs> You're commenting on... Facebook groups that are already created and you're just helping people out or you're posting about deals, then what? Do you add them as a friend and then message them and say, hey, do you have any deals or is there a different approach that you take once you do the initial post? They actually come to me. Okay. They message me and they hit me up. People message me all the time and send me addresses and leads that they can't do nothing with, they want some help with. Like, I mean, that happens to me all the time. I get stuff in my inbox all the time from people just like, here. <laughs> Let's talk about the deal that you're closing next week. Where'd you find that deal and what are the numbers on it? That deal, I actually, it came to me from If This Then That. What is that? <laughs> a website but they also have an app you can set it up where if this happens then that happens so I set it up where it scrubs Craigslist for different keywords and it sends me a notification if somebody make a post with that keyword so this deal I actually found on Craigslist through if this then that I've never spoken to the seller on the phone not once so it was completely virtual I haven't been inside the house physically it's got a lockbox on it that I shipped to the seller overnight, but we've never even spoken over the phone. Everything has been handled through email. And how much is it? That property, I can't talk numbers because we haven't closed on it yet, mm -hmm. but I have a potential profit of 7000 Well, I will be thinking positive thoughts for you next week, that's for sure, on that deal. Well, thank you. I already got the earnest money deposit, so I'm not worried about that one closing. I don't want to ruffle no feathers, you know? Yep, I totally fine. It's your first deal, first closing. You do you take whatever approach you need to take to get the deal done as long as it's on the up and up, which I know, knowing you, it definitely will be. Oh, it's not the first one, but it definitely won't be the last. I actually took possession of a property last month. That was strictly acquisition, but I've already been through the closing process. So you bought a property last month? Yes. What'd you buy? Actually, the owner on record, I bought a property in Winston-Salem. And what are the numbers on that? I actually got that one under contract for 5500 Okay. And what are you going to do with it? 
I am selling it. I already have an offer accepted on that one. For how much? The offer was 17000 17000 Did you put any money into it? We actually used a private lender to close. Okay, you used a private lender to close. And then did you do any improvements to the property since you've had it? Nope. Just turn around and wholesaling it. But you bought it. Now you're just turning around and you're basically flipping it to them. Yeah. Okay. How'd you find the buyer? The buyer hit me up from a Craigslist ad. When you are running the numbers on your deals, what do you look for? Well, I look at the area. I look at the comps. I look at what my, I know that my buyers would pay in that market. And you're in Thomasville. North Carolina. How far away is that from Winston-Salem? It took me about 30, 35 minutes to get up there. And you visited that one before it was purchased? Yeah. I actually couldn't get in it when I made my offer to the seller. Me, her, and her husband were standing outside the property, and we could not get in it. The person that she had mowing the grass and trimming the bushes actually did something to the door where he, like, nailed the board up under it or something, and they couldn't get in. So I made her offer right then that she accepted. How'd you find the private lender? My partner. Your partner. And what was your partner's role in this deal? He found the lender. He found the lender. So you were driving for dollars. You saw this property. Will you walk us through how it all worked? It's really interesting. Yes, I was driving for dollars. The house that I seen, it had some boarded up windows. It looked like it was distressed. So I went on the county site. I found the owner. I looked up her information on, I think then I looked it up on Intellius, and I just gave her a call. I talked to her, got some information about the house. It took me about a week and a half to get down to see it just because of her schedule. And, you know, she was out of town. She lives about 40 minutes from Winston. So it took me a while to meet up with her. And then when we got out there, we couldn't even get in the house. You know, her and her <laughs> husband, they're like, dang, do you have a crowbar? We can, you know, pry open the door with a crowbar. <laughs> And I was like, you know, it's okay. I walked around the whole house. I looked in the windows that I could, and I just made an estimate of what it would cost to fix it. I had already pulled the comps to see what it would be, it would be worth in that area, and I made her an offer, and she accepted it. I was actually really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> she accepted it. Then what? What'd you do? I pulled out my contract and asked her to sign. I had $10 cash in my wallet. I gave it to her as the earnest money deposit. Mm -hmm. And that's signed. And now you've got a property under contract to purchase. What'd you do? I turned around and I started marketing it. I put it, first I sent the contract to my lawyer. Then I started marketing it. I put an ad on Facebook that wasn't even on Facebook five minutes before my partner hit me up and said that he had some people that would be interested in it. And he did, but they went out, you know, they thought it was too much work. So he thought, you know, we would give us some more time if we just went ahead and took possession of it, you know, since the purchase price on it was so low. We just went ahead and acquired it and took ownership of it and then gave us more time to market it out there and try to get a higher price. We've had offers for higher. It's just those people didn't come through or, you know, they didn't want to send the earnest money. A lot of people were trying to wholesale it to us. They were trying to wholesale it from us or they wanted a joint venture on it. And I was like, well, I'm actually the owner on this one. So, <laughs> hey, joint venture. <laughs> so I had a lot of that. And where did the buyer come from? This buyer actually came from Craigslist. 
That buyer came from Craigslist. Okay, yeah, you, you mentioned that before. Okay. And you closed on that last month. Yes, we closed on that last month. Okay. And did the buyer buy that from you last month or did you buy it last month? We took ownership of it. So when does the buyer buy it from you? We're closing this Thursday. This Thursday. Okay, cool. You do have a lot going on, my friend. (laughs) Based on your experience so far, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I say just get out there and do it. I am not a talker. I am not the person that just goes out to people and strikes up conversations. But in this business, you got to. You got to step outside your comfort zone. You got to take risks. Like if you don't take risks, then nothing's gained. So I would just say, you know, don't be afraid. Just jump out there and do it. It's better to get it done than for it to be perfect. I think that's a Mark Zuckerberg famous motto, done is better than perfect. Ain't that the truth? You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, let's do it. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here, February 24th and 25th, the conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out, besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you. Move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com. What's the best ever book you've read? I like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What's the best ever deal that you've done so far? I would say the property that I contracted last week that I am closing next week. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I help as many people as I can for free. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say so far is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Not double checking and rechecking my numbers. Is there a particular aspect of the numbers that you didn't double check that now you look at? Yes, the comps. I pull comps from about 20 different sources just to make sure I'm on the money. Where's the best place the best ever listeners can get in contact with you? You can hit me up on my website, www.buynchousescheap.com. I love the URL. (laughs) Very much so. Well, Brandy, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking to us about how you've shot out of the gate and you are rocking and rolling with at least nine properties under contract right now. Closed on one last month. You're doing a quick flip on that, not putting any money in it and flipping it for a nice profit. You've got lessons learned on the first couple properties that fell out of contract and you're learning them quickly and you are going at an incredibly fast pace. So Good luck to you. Really grateful that you're on the show. 
and talking through these deals. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you, Joe. I was glad to be here and I hope you have a great evening. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.